Hello, all you wonderful people out there. I'm coming to you here on the Buffalo Report podcast. Today, we got about three topics to get through. We have to go through the Buffalo Bills versus Colts review and what I thought and my thoughts from the game. We got to go through the Baltimore Ravens versus Buffalo Bills preview and what my thoughts of what's going to happen in that game. And. We're going to talk a little bit about the Buffalo Sabres camp, some new additions, and where they are. Also, something I did not predict on the first line. Let's get right into today's episode. Our first topic of the day has to be the Buffalo Bills versus the Indianapolis Colts review. It was a... How do I put this? It gave me a heart attack multiple times. Sitting there, my grandfather, my dad... Grandfather's just being my grandfather. Me and my dad were just sitting there. We, When that game was over, he was breathing heavily. I was just overjoyed. First time since 1995... Your Buffalo Bills have won a playoff game. I don't know how to feel about it. I, it's I'm I was not alive in 1995. You can tell by my voice. It's the first ever Bills playoff win that I've ever witnessed, and that's just a certain feeling that a lot of new Bills fans get. This new generation, we... This is probably the happiest we've been with this team ever. Ever since 2017 with the 9-7 first time back into the playoffs. Like, there was that. And then there's winning this game. It just felt so good to win the game. And I have to... I have to give credit. Josh Allen played amazing. He had... Two passing touchdowns with, I think, about 323 yards, right? Around that. So his throwing was absolutely amazing. It's a tough Colts defense. That Colts defense will play tough. And it showed. He also ran for about 56 yards and a touchdown. And that's what I'm liking. I like seeing Allen running the ball and being safe with it. When he's being dumb with it, I'm not enjoying it. I think he's going to get injured. But I think of Allen running is like the Ravens, where we can get them to start biting on Allen and get our normal run game going. Because if the Ravens had a quarterback who just can't run like Phillip Rivers or something, right? Their run game wouldn't be as good as it is. What makes a run game for the Ravens good is Lamar Jackson. But we will get into that later. But it's the same thing here with Josh Allen. If we can get Josh Allen running, making people scared of his running, then you get people lacking on a Devin Singletary run or something like that. Same thing went for the Titans, though didn't work as well today, but they still got some big plays on the play action against the Ravens. Again, we will get to Raven stuff later. Singletary didn't have the best game. He got runs that we needed, and that was a good thing. Zach Moss got injured with a presumed ankle injury. He had to be carted off the field, and the idea is that he will now be missing playoff time. 
the defense. And I think this is where we're going to get a lot of struggles. And, but a lot of defensive struggles is on something else that we'll get to later in this section. The defense gave up a lot. Gave up a lot of yards. They gave a lot more yards than the goals defense gave up to us. We just scored more. Which is the only stat that really counts in the end. But defense needs to play better. We gotta stop the run better. We have to. We can't be letting up plays to tight ends. A lot of playoff teams love using their tight ends. You have Kansas City with Travis Kelsey. Baltimore Ravens with Mark Andrews. The Cleveland Browns with Austin Hooper. A lot of these teams have good tight ends. Out of the four teams left in the AFC playoffs, we are the only team without a tight end that I am at all confident with. I would be confident with a Mark Andrews. I would be confident with a Travis Kelsey. I would be confident with a Austin Hooper. But I'm not confident with Dawson Knox. I'm not... And I'm not confident we're even going to play Tyler Croft. He he would be a tight end I'm confident in. He showed I can be confident in him throughout the season. But I just cannot be confident with Dawson Knox. He's dropped too much. Lee Smith, great blocking tight end. But can he be? The, he can't be a safety blanket that we need. Of course, that's where Cole Beasley comes in to be that safety blanket. But if he's covered, you have Diggs covered. You have Davis covered. You have Brown covered. Right? If it's like really tight coverage, which is... But you get a lot in playoffs. You need that reliable tight end. And Dawson Knox is not that to me right now. We need that in a tight end. We have to get that in a tight end. And I, I think that's going to be a, one thing that we pay attention to in this draft. A tight end. But we have five receivers I can be confident in. Six if I count Isaiah McKenzie. You have... Gabe Davis, Stephon Diggs, John Brown, Cole Beasley. And, of course, the new addition, who didn't play this week, mainly because he didn't know the playbook, but will probably be brought up this week for the Ravens game. Kenny Stills. I trust a Kenny Stills. I trust a Gabe Davis. I trust a Stephon Diggs. I trust a Cole Beasley. I don't trust John Brown as much after his drop but he's still a very trustful receiver. Isaiah McKenzie, so that could be six. McKenzie played wonderful in that one Dolphins game. You know, the best scoring defense. Those are the reliable people when it comes to it. The Colts, they, they put up a damn good fight. That defense. This is why, in the last episode, I really focused on the DeForest Buckner. Injury. He played. I didn't think he was, but he played. For that defense to not do as well as it did, I said DeForest Buckner should be out. He wasn't out. Like, they shouldn't have taken him out. We should hope he's out, you know what I mean? But he wasn't, and he wrecked some havoc on that D-line. We held him decently. Allen could get some things done, but he still got past it. It was like the Rams game, where Aaron Donald... After a while, finally broke through, and that changed the whole aspect of the game. When you have a supreme pass rusher like that, and a good run stopper, that's what happens. And I was sitting here knowing this. This is why I was a bit worried about it. Cornerback Xavier Rhodes 
Didn't have the best of days. Six receptions and 100 and, I think, 26 yards for digs. So Rhodes wasn't there completely. I mean, he still did things that needed to be done. We used Cole Beasley a bit. He's now a 1,000-yard receiver in my eyes. Maybe not in the regular season, but if you put the postseason and the regular season together, he has over 1,000 yards now. So I'm going to say he's a 1,000-yard receiver. At least I think my stats, he'd be there. The the thing with the Bills team is we pulled the Kansas, uh, Kansas City Chiefs. You could have two-star cornerbacks on your defense and not be able to cover us. Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley are two great route runners. Gabe Davis, pretty good mix of speed, route running, and toughness. He can make the catches we need. He's also beautiful on the sideline. He's beautiful when he's doing stuff via the sideline. He, he can toe-tap, and, that, and that's just straight fact. Then you have John Brown and Kenny Stills as your speedsters right now. Again, that's if Kenny Stills plays next week. But we have so many receivers of different skill sets, it's so hard to cover the Bills' receivers. And that's what kind of makes up for the run game. Could it win us a Super Bowl? Maybe. It matters. It matters how much they could stop it. If they can stop it, the run game just isn't there. Unless because now Moss is gone, Singletary finally cracks in his head, oh, I need to start making plays. Which, honestly, that Moss injury could lead the Singletary making plays. Because it's going to really crack into his head this time. I'm the only back that gets significant snaps on this team. I need to make plays. And the coaching staff is probably going to get that in his head. He needs to make plays. That's it. He couldn't make plays in that Colts game. He made some at the end, but he just couldn't through. And I think that ending could be some momentum shifting into a good run from him the rest of this way. I want to call up Antonio Williams. I thought he was a stud. Trey White gave up some catches that he shouldn't have given up. Levi and Josh Norman. Um, Levi Lawson and Josh Norman, of course, gave up catches I wish they didn't. But we survived. We won... 27 to 24. And with all the problem, And... I forgot to bring up a big problem. Special teams. The Colts had almost that first whole... That whole first half. Field position of 40 yards or greater. But we had a field position of 10 yards or less. That was the whole first quarter. And most of the second quarter. So that was pretty much almost all the half. Our field position wasn't there. Part of it has to do with Andre Roberts. Roberts, when it's eight inch, when you're eight inches into the, when you're when you're eight feet into the end zone, don't take it out. We are not the Chiefs. You are not as young as McCole Hardman. You can't make the same moves. You let that go. Less at the 25 when they've clearly been amazing on special teams. Punting was great. I'll say that was great. But again, because of where we were, it gave the Colts at the 40. Part of that's on the offense, but also special teams on return after a touchdown need to not take it out and we wouldn't be inside the 10. So, I love Bojo. He, he did well. Horkes. He did well. I'm not, I'm not going to knack him. But that's just what you need from this team in, in a whole. 
But we survived. We moved on to another round. 27 to 24 was the final score. I never said the final score. And uh, I think it's... I think it's time just to reflect. The past almost 25 years, we have not won a playoff game. Before this, the last 17 years, back in 2017, we've not made a playoff game. This thing has been in the works for four years now. Back in 2017. 2017, we don't have many players back from it. But we had a lot of veterans that came through. Jerry Hughes. I believe we had Dawkins at the time as well. Kyle Williams had a... But the veterans that we had that year. Kyle Williams. Lorenzo Alexander. Jerry Hughes. Coming in with some good leaders in Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. All of those same vets I just brought up were on our 2018 team. That went 5-11, and 11, I believe. Was 5-11 and 11 great? No. It was Allen's rookie year, and we started Peterman for half of it. But what 2018 was, it wasn't a year of winning. It was a year of leadership. That's when we got a lot of our younger guys. Defensively. That's when we had Edmonds. That's when we had Milano for meaningful snaps. He wasn't injured the whole time. That's when the D-line started the form. That's when we had Levi. The defense on Young had the leaders in Kyle Williams and Lorenzo Alexander, Micah Hyde. He's not a vet, but he's a good leader. Jordan Poyer, again, leader. Well, they're vets now. They've been in the league for quite a bit. What helps with the Poyer thing is that Poyer knows what it's like to lose. He was on the Browns for a while. So, he knew how to persevere, and I think that's something that he brought with this team. Because he's probably been one of the most underrated safeties ever since the 5-11 and season. I think ever since 2018, Poyer's been on a tear, by the way. I think that 5-11 and season, it's like, Poyer's like, that's the last year I'm losing. <laughs> I, I think a lot of people don't point that out. That 5-11 and year could be a breaking point for that defense. It played so well. I think it was the... I think that's what made the defense so good in 2019. I think going 5-11 and 11 that year, after playing the way they did, they wanted more. Then you go into 2019. That's when Allen starts to form. That's when you start forming that offense. Most, I'm, not, I'm pretty sure all the starters, other than Rayleigh and McLeod, if he even was a starter, and Frank Gore, from that 2019 team, are on this 2020 team. 
That's when that offense formed. You had Cole Beasley. He came in. John Brown. John Brown was an immediate hit. He helped us with the comeback against the Jets. That 16-point comeback. We went to the playoffs as a 10-6 and team. 16-0. After the first half. Of Bills, Texans, and the wild card. We blew it. And like that 5-11 and season where the defense wanted more and they played so well in 2019, that's when the offense cracked. That's when Allen cracked. That's when Dable cracked. They wanted more this year. That's when they wanted more. That's when they really suited up and played this season. You can really crack up how good this team was been the season to 2018 and 2019. 2018, the defense wanted more. They played so well. But they wanted that trophy. So in 2019, they played not as good as they did in 2018, but damn close to it. And that got us to the playoffs this year again. When say it's been 2018 and 2019 form, but they've been playing well enough to do it. 2019 Texans game. The offense wanted more. Allen is a damn competitor, and that moment's what turned Allen into what he is now. They wanted the Super Bowl trophy. They want that now. Because they know they were capable of it last year. The defense knew they were a Super Bowl defense in 2018. This is when it starts. This year, 13-3. and three. And you see it. Even on the, even if it's not as good, on the defensive side of the ball. The D-line is completely changed. Because we lost Phillips and Lawson. But the D-line, you still had Ed Oliver on there. You still had Jerry Hughes. They knew the effects of last season. You had pretty much the exact same back end. Add Josh Norman a bit. He's a player that's wanted to come back as a damn good corner. He hasn't done it exactly. We all know what happened uh, to him. Rest in peace. And may the king has fallen in his name. Thanks, Ravens. But Brady's been playing well recently. I just think 2018 and 2019, 2018's when the defense finally, it's like, we want more. And I know they played the best they could, but they wanted more. Like, I gotta remind you, 2019 offense was absolute jack-awful. Yes, we made comebacks, but you wonder what that was thanks to? A defense that wanted more. In 2018, that Chargers game, Vontae Davis retired at the half. That was the start of the break. And then you saw that defense light up that year. And it carried over in the 2019 to bring us the 10 and 6. Then the offense blew the 16-point lead. Same with that defense, but the it was a lot on the offense for a lot of missed opportunities. Blew it. That's their Vontae Davis moment. 
Then you head into this year. That spills over to a 13-3 and record. By the way, in my opinion, the breaking point for this team in general is the Vontae Davis halftime retirement. We have not been less competitive ever since. That Chargers half was amazing, by the way. Yes, we still lost by big, but we brought it back enough. That Chargers halftime was amazing. That Vontae Davis retirement, that's the breaking point of this team. And yes, did we only win about four games, four or five games in the rest of that season? Yes. But you gotta remember, Allen, who's been playing much better ever since that retirement, missed half the season due to, I'm pretty sure, a thumb injury. Imagine if we have a mobile quarterback, Josh Allen, in the rest of those games, who, by the way, had a damn... It, it was not what it was in 2019. It wasn't good in 2019. But in 2018, he did have a decent deep ball accuracy for us. Of course, in 2019, I don't know what happened. Now it's back here in 2020. That that Fonte Davis retirement is the embodiment of this team. That's just my opinion. Of course, we go 13-3, and we head into the wild card, and we win. Emotions are all over the place. Many tears of joy in the eyes of Bills fans. With that, we segment into the review, the preview. The divisional round against the Baltimore Ravens. Now that we have gotten that out of the way, I've had my huge speech. We're going to preview this Ravens-Bills game. And what my speech has to spill over here into this segment. That drive that we have... Is something I didn't see in the Ravens today. Lamar, yes, he ran for a shit ton. He, you know. But at times it felt like they didn't want it. When it came down, and they had good field position in the whole game. For our offense, we wanted it. Just fucking hell. You have any idea how much drive you have? It is hard to get to the end zone from the five-yard line. Along with your offensive coordinator calling runs for no reason when you're a pass-first team. Yeah, don't tell me it didn't. It looked like we didn't want it. Yes, defense, but offense wanted it. That Ravens offense didn't look like it won. They looked like the reverse of the Bills, okay? The offense did not look like they wanted it. The defense looked like they really wanted it. And I know defense wins championships, but when you have an offense, it doesn't look like you. they want it. They don't score points. When they don't score points... The other team gets the ball more. When the other team gets the ball more, the defense tires. Luckily, the Ravens had a good system to make sure their defense weren't tired. But Lamar held that ball way too long. And I get, oh, he's shifty. Ooh, ooh, ooh. He'll do something with the ball. He did nothing multiple times. He did take a lot of sacks that game. And that's something you don't do on this Bills team. Against them. If you do that against us, we'll make you pay for it. 
Our offense is that good. The Titans' offense is if you stop Derrick Henry, you stop their offense. And that was shown many times this season and in that playoff game. On the Bills, there was no single player to stop. Yes, you could say, oh, keep Josh Allen in the pocket, do all that. you have any idea how better Josh Allen is this year in the pocket? He's been staying in the pocket a lot this year. And he's been throwing dots. Cole Beasley's going to be an annoyance to that defense. You want to know who their two stud corners are going to be on? Not Bees. Diggs and John Brown. Oh, right, we have Gabe Davis, too, who can catch some very damn good contested catches. Beasley and Davis and Diggs will be an annoyance. There's also a good damn chance we will see Kenny Stills. You want to know who, what he's going to be? Another annoyance. He's fast. He's speedy, and he's damn good catcher at times. The problem with the Bills are our run game and run defense. We need to tighten up defensively on the run defense to stop Lamar and the red-hot Baltimore Ravens. If you can even call them red-hot right now. Yes, I get they won. But that offense didn't look red hot. We got to fix a lot of those defensive problems. But I think on a team or Lamar, if we can contain him, we can put contain so we can't run out of the pocket outside and keep him from and make him think he sees a hole inside to run. That's how you can stop Lamar Jackson. We need to run a 4-3. We got to get out of the nickel. The the Titans ran nickel against the Ravens. It didn't work. Nickel does not work on the Ravens. A 4-3 would. Because then you have the four defensive linemen. Three holes. One for Klein. One for Edmonds. One for Milano. That's how you need to start stopping the Ravens' defense. Offense, not defense. A f- Offensively, we need Allen just be Allen. Maybe get some get get some QB runs going. Make sure he's safe though. Make sure he slides. You can get some QB runs to get him going, and then some throws to get him warmed up. That that's how you get Josh Allen to be the best. That's how you get Allen to be the best. If you can do that, to stop the Ravens' offense, make them uncomfortable, make Lamar. Stuck in the pocket. You don't have to necessarily get to Lamar. You have to just force enough pressure. But keep any running lanes closed. Yes, did Marquise and Lamar seem like they were getting it together? Yes. But the Titans. They don't have a Tredavious White. On their team. Maybe Desmond King. Malcolm Butler. Like... But they don't have a star cornerback on their team. It's why their team defense has been terrible all year. We have that. We have a Tredavious White. We have a Micah Hyde, a Jordan Poyer, star safeties. That's something that the Titans don't have, that they didn't have. You know, I, I thought today I would be talking about how to stop Derrick Henry. I thought the Browns were going to win. I didn't want them to. 
I, I, I kept saying how, oh, Steelers going to win by 30. I knew the Brown, inside the Browns were going to win that. Especially after Juju's words about Browns will be the Browns. Right? I'll, I'll, I'll admit, I thought they would win. I just didn't want them to. But today, but tonight I thought I'd be talking about how to stop Henry. But we're talking how to stop K. Dobbins, Lamar Jackson, and Lamar Jackson. And I was looking at the defense of the Titans, and I thought, hmm, they kind of stopped Lamar decent enough when they had their ends spread out. That that's what I I was looking at that when the ends would go spread out. They contain Lamar. And I think your best way to stop Lamar with just the D-line alone. Let's forget the linebackers for a second. You gotta get the D-tackles to crash in. And you don't know, but we'll add the linebackers. You need your four D-linemen to crash in. Don't give him an open middle hole. But keep your outside linebackers... Both of them, you're going to need four, you're going to need a three linebacker set for this. Keep them on the outside. Keep them lurking. Because RPOs are normally always to the outside. But if you can break off that middle hole by crashing in your D-lineman, D-lineman's a little bit more spread out, but like enough so you're not having any holes in the middle of the field. And have your linebackers and a trap safety lurking at the corner. I think that's where you can get Lamar and J.K. Dobbins flat-footed. That's how you force Lamar to pass. Get them out of the RPOs. Get them out of their mode, if you if you want to say it like that. Get them uncomfortable. Man-the-man coverage. I know, this is like a team that you shouldn't do that with. I think Tredavious can man-the-man with Marquise pretty well. Des Bryant, he's old. I, I think we'll be fine on him. Willie Snead is the is the question for me, but he made a lot of mistakes in that playoff game that I'm now thinking, like, hmm, maybe it's just not completely there with that. You've got to make Lamar uncomfortable. You need to make him to make mistakes. Actually, you want to the perfect defense we should run on the Ravens? Shit we did to the Seahawks. I get Russ is a great thrower. I get Russ did a lot of other things. But it's almost essentially the same. We didn't let Russ really extend the play. We, we made him uncomfortable. We made him look like a rookie at times. That's what you need to do to Lamar. You have to do a little extra to keep the RPOs. Because at the time the Seahawks didn't have the running back to run an RPO or something like that. But what we did to the Seahawks... We have to do that to the Ravens as well. And I get we only ran two outside linebackers, so your idea makes no sense. Only two linebackers and Klein and Edmonds. I'm like, yeah. Because you had Klein. He said, honestly, I'm not going to lie, a damn good speed rusher. If we can get Klein in to speed rush Lamar, I think we have a damn good chance. If we, we've literally got to do what we did to the Seahawks offense. And there was a lot of man to man in that Seahawks game. That is the that is the second hardest receiving core, in my opinion, 
to go man the man against. Of course, the hardest being Kansas City. I think we're technically hard, but other than us teams we have to face, Kansas City is the hardest to run man. But the Seahawks, in my opinion, have, were the second. Lockett's a damn good route runner. Metcalf can make contested catches at the time. That was the second hardest team I think we had to go with. And we uh, man the man coverage with, and we went man the man on them. And we had the linebackers blitzing. Now, the other problem is, how are we going to cover a fucking tight end? We didn't cover a tight end once in that Colts game. And I think it has to come down to Edmonds and Milano covering them. We need to get Klein the blitz and leave Edmonds and Milano up to cover the tight ends. Reminder, Edmonds was blitzing a lot in that Colts game. That left Milano to cover two tight ends alone. Also, that one touchdown he let up, he shouldn't be going that deep without safety help, by the way. That's terrible play calling, Leslie. Okay? Like, Frazier, that's terrible play calling. I, I don't know why Bills fans are blaming Milano for that. You need He's a linebacker. He shouldn't be that deep. You need safety help on that one. But that's all that. I think if we can make those adjustments and play like we did against the Seahawks offense, we can win the game. Of course, the Ravens have the better O-line than the Seahawks. But again, Russ, we actually full out got to him. But Lamar, we just need to make him feel uncomfortable and contain. We gotta treat this coronavirus... We gotta treat the Ravens like freaking India treated coronavirus. Contain it all by shutting it all down. You shut down. The Ravens offense. Or at least just the back end. You don't have to shut down it completely. You have to slow it down. That's how you beat the Ravens. And I believe McDermott and Frazier can make a damn good game plan to work around that. And that's why I believe the Bills would beat them. Bills win in a nail-biter 24-21. to Allen will get a game-winning touchdown. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say the rookie kicker got a game-winning field goal. I'm not I'm not going to do that. I think he gets a field goal at some point. I don't think it's a game-winner. I think Allen gets a game-winning touchdown. I think in the within five minutes, Lamar will score down the field and make it 17-21. to 21. Allen will go downfield and be Captain Clutch. And seal the deal to win it 24-21. And this is going to be Allen's game manager game. I don't think he's going to be the explosive Allen. I think he'll be game manager Allen. The one that we've seen a bit. Anyways, let's move on to some Sabres news. Again, 24-21, my score prediction. Okay, we're going to get into some Sabres news here pretty quick. So, today, there was an interview with Hall. And I believe his name is Thompson. Tage Thompson or something. I don't remember his name. But I think his last name's Thompson. 
I'm going to go and... Hold on. I'm going to check that name. His name... Thompson. Yeah. Tage Thompson is his name. And there was an interview at Hall where he's saying how he really saw a fire to him in these practices. And all of that. And I'm sitting here reading that and I'm like, damn. I thought Victor Olsen was going to be the guy with Eichel and Hall, but this team seems to really like Tage Thompson. And I know why. I watched the skirmish um, from two nights ago. Dude looks solid. I'm not going to lie. The dude looks solid. And, I mean, him with Eichel and Hall looks pretty damn good. And he will be the first line. Putting Olison on the second line with, I think, Stahl and Skinner. Third line will be... In my opinion, could be Cousins, Ocposo, and Reinhardt. Or Cousins will be in the fourth line. Uh, because we're going to talk about the two people who have returned, Jack Quinn and Dylan Cousins. Dylan Cousins has returned, and he's in the group one. Which normally means that they will be on the active roster on one of the four lines. My opinion, I think he'll be on the fourth line. Maybe the third. It matters what the coaches see. Again, he had a wonderful stretch with the um with Team Canada and the World Juniors. He did very well. He led that team in points. He looked like a stud. He actually has some speed that I saw that I haven't seen from a Sabres player in a very long time. Jack Quinn has been with Group 2, which are normally the Rochester Americans, which they normally aren't the starters. They'll be in the AHL team. So Jack Quinn will probably be in the AHL start. Again, I think it'll be the same thing with Cousins, where we can probably see him on our NHL team maybe later in the season like we did with Nylander, or next season. Like we're doing with Cousins, it looks like. I think this is going to be a good year for the Sabres. I think I think the Pegulas have worked really hard on this one. The Pulas are in hot water. You see, again, I said this on a past episode. You're seeing what they're doing with the Bills. They need to do this with the Sabres in now. Or else we're going to be calling for their heads. Luckily, it looks like they've given up a bit less control over the team, giving it more to the GM, who has made some pretty good moves, in my opinion, so far. Jack Quinn dra- drafting Jack Quinn wasn't a bad idea. Get Perfetti and all that. But drafting Jack Quinn isn't bad. He's a goal scorer. It's what we need. I've liked what this GM has done, and I like that the big ghouls have taken a little bit of a step back. They are now treating it like they treated the Bills, where they take a step back, worry about the business parts of it, and let the team do its thing. And that's worked very well for Buffalo, for, for the Bills. Question is, does it work for the Sabres here? 
If not, we will find out this season. Yet again, this season we've been given a fairly easy division, meaning a fairly easy schedule. Flyers are mediocre players in huge contracts. Penguins always just rely on Crosby. <laughs> Rangers are in rebuild. Capitals, their, their top players are old fucks. Or a goalie that I don't even know the name of yet. I've heard Lundqvist. I've seen. I've heard there's things of Lundqvist being at the practice. I don't know if that's official or not. But the Devils just kind of suck. I'm not gonna lie. They they have a terrible contract with the with that one defenseman who obviously uh, got the NHL cover curse. I guess. Doug Subin or something like that. But those are my thoughts. The Sabre segments are always, of course, the shortest. You know, Bill's segments will be short as heck coming up after this. It's just because we're in off-season. There's not much to talk about. I can't preview a game. can't review a game. Will I preview a game the day before the Caps game? I'll probably review the whole series because we play them twice. Yes, that segment will be longer. So I'm sorry for the people listening for Sabre stuff, where the Bill segments drag on, and these are almost like six minutes long. Again, we are in camp. There isn't really much to report on. But anyways, that's our, that's our Sabre's news for today. Thank you all for listening to the Buffalo Podcast. If you enjoyed and you really liked my voice... Please follow us on Spotify. But also, if you really like my voice, again, as I've said, you can go to the Billy, to, sorry, the Mighty Dolphin XD channel to find the first episode of Random Rants, where we talk about music. Some promises we didn't keep. That's where you can go for for more of me. If you want to see me play games, you can go follow my Twitch buffalo gaming underscore or my youtube channel buffalo gaming i am mainly streaming on twitch so go check out the twitch channel and all that anyways if you like this and if you want quick reliable bills and sabers news go follow my instagram page the buffalo report the name of what this podcast is named after Thank you all for coming to the show. Make sure you follow it on Spotify or any podcast station that you use to listen to the Buffalo Report pod. And I'll see you all in the next episode. Bills have won a playoff game. Let's celebrate.